Let's get right into it, huh? 252 palindrome again. I love them so much. It's easier to do with three numbers, I think, right? Or is it exactly the same to do once you have more than two numbers? Basically the same. Don't... Well, I, th I think when you add more numbers, it gets harder, right? They're farther apart just because there's more things that have to line up. Yes, that is true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. It's a podcast. We Were Gamers is the name of the podcast. We were gamers. And boy, are we going to sound like it tonight. JJ's here. Hello. Michael's here. Hey, everybody. Let's get off to a good start before we talk about death. First. Okay. Ominous. <laughs> peanut butter waffles. Dude. Put put peanut butter on waffles every day. I believe that I may have spoken on this podcast strongly in a non-understanding fashion about peanut butter on waffles. That sounds familiar. I have since tried it multiple times, and it has grown on me. I now put peanut butter on my morning waffles. Because it is great. I think that I put less than you. I do a light, light amount. Just enough hey. to kiss the top. Hey, you do what works for you. I love peanut butter. And therefore <laughs> want it as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. Well, this podcast is going to start with a lot of that. Uh, last week, JJ, you said there's no way it should take six hours to render. Uh... Yeah, when I clicked two different settings this time, uh, our podcast only took two hours to render. See, that feels better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's still long, but that's like way better. If I <laughs> way, did, way better. If I did a really fancy visualizer with like a billion of those uh, little things moving up and down, uh, it would take way longer. Sure. Which is, which is part of the problem from before. I had layers on layers of the same thing rendering. Hmm. Uh, which was a oopsie. And then also uh, found that if you use the automatic setting for DaVinci to decide how to encode stuff, it kind of slows down a little bit. If you uncheck automatic, uh, even though it doesn't change anything, it seems to go a little bit faster. Uh, but I can't use full hardware acceleration because we don't pay for it. We use the free, the legal free version. Yeah, I wonder, that sounds like a, hmm, we're just going to look at your GPU, use like, let's say like 20 to 40% if I it goes about, above it, that. It, I, I checked my GPU, it said it was using about 7%. Yeah, so that's like one of those like, uh, yeah, there's some code over there we could run, yeah. but <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't see the dollar signs over here, so I'm just going to let it go, you know? You know, I can't begrudge them, you know, that's a professional need and a professional should pay for it. I think, yeah, personally, it's, it, it's a very powerful tool, I admit. And yeah. the fact that they allow you to use 98% of the power or whatever for free is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So good on them. Good for them. Oh, man, this is a lot of housekeeping. Um, back to Google, you guys. Welcome back. I tried to I tried the Bing for a week. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't yeah. have much to say other than that, but it's lame. But but Google seems to have the drop on on all that stuff, all of it. I guess there when you are, have data, you're you're the only game in town. Anyway, me. There are a lot of people who argue that they are a monopoly, and that's this is part of the reason why. Well, speaking yeah. of uh, arguable monopolies, let's talk about Apple. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a search engine though, so maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they're how. monopoly in a different category, perhaps. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Let's talk about Apple Arcade because this is a gaming podcast, and we need to get to it. I'm feeling real amped up. I had a game of Warzone before this, and we got second place, and I'm just like raring to go, you guys. So let's get to it. <laughs> okay. I got three months of Apple Arcade for free. So snazzy. That's, that's why we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> 
I wasn't brave enough. I don't, I don't game on my phone. Do either of you, I'm, I, Michael, I know you do some sort of square game on your phone a lot. Yes. Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Uh, JJ, are you much of a phone gamer these days? I think, uh, no, not really. I think the only thing I still do on my phone with any regularity is the Konami Pixel Puzzle Collection. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. That's a good I'm, one. I'm trending towards like 96% complete though so eventually i will not be doing that anymore (laughs) well unless you decide to play it again maybe (laughs) i went out and found a after i finished that one i actually went out and found a a different uh pixel puzzle app that's got like two thousand and something puzzles yeah so that'll keep me busy for a while i uh i had picross on the switch i i bought all the there was a huge Picross type game, not just Picross, but like pick other companies that do Picross. And so, like, uh, I went out and bought, I think, like all five Picross OEM games when they were on sale for half off or something last fall. And so, I've got all that waiting for me once Konami is done. I don't know. It seems like the right move, personally. I don't, my phone is so small. Doing, putting those things in there feels tiny sometimes. Anyway, I didn't pay play any uh, Konami this weekend. I don't know if that's even on Apple Arcade, but um, I did want to try it out. And I'm still trying it out, but I tried out two of the most talked about games just now. First of all, I tried to sign in to their... So you get Apple Arcade, and Apple Arcade basically makes all the games that are quote-unquote in Apple Arcade uh, downloadable from the App Store for free. So it's not really like a like another app store or anything like that, or it's sort of a subscription access, I guess. And it just discounts the games to, to free, um, for your phone, which is okay. I guess it just keeps like less stuff around. Uh, I tried to sign into their, I don't know what you would call it. Their like version of Xbox live or whatever called game center. Uh, and right off the bat, we were off to a good start. My old name is locked for some reason, even though I signed in with the same iTunes account. So I can't use my old Game Center account. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, right? Bummer. Yeah, bummer. Uh, There is a cool thing, though. You can share Apple Arcade with five people. It just says that when you start, when you sign up for it. You're just in the App Store, you activate Apple Arcade, and it's like, hey, do you have five email addresses? You could just share this with five people. That's wild. Huh. That's crazy, right? For they, they charge too much. I think it's $10 a month to play Apple Arcade. But off the bat, if you've got five friends and you want to pay $2 a month, well, hey, maybe that's not so bad a deal. You know what I mean? I'm nodding my head sagely here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I made the fateful decision that my first game to try in Apple Arcade should be Frogger in Toy Town. Solid choice. No. Was it a solid choice? It was, un- <laughs> it was an unsolid choice. Narrator, it was not. <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> this is me. Playing Frogger in Toy Town, the controls are god-awful. It's like they looked at the game, they finished making it, and they were like, is this going to be free-to-play? I don't know. Maybe it's free-to-play. Put the star systems in, and we'll decide later if it's going to be free-to-play. And then they looked at it again, and they're like, so the controls, how good are they? I don't know. You kind of swipe the direction you want Frogger to go. Oh, okay, cool. So the cars come a little slower to... to, compensate for that no 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 no. you still have to fit frogger through really really tight holes in between cars but uh you have basically nova control over frogger and then i cool. said this is bad i wonder if apple arcade really now is not for playing games on your phone but playing games on a controller on your phone so i hooked up my sony playstation 4 controller to my phone okay have either of you done that yet no no 
it was surprisingly easy. I just paired it like any other Bluetooth device and the my phone at least, which I think I'm the only one on here with an iPhone, just recognized it. And it was like, ah, that's a PS4 DualShock. Cool. Here's the controls for that. Didn't make Frogger any better. Yeah. The controls are still so bad and mushy that even the extra control of the controller couldn't save that game. Uh, so I deleted that. And downloaded another game called What the Golf. I've heard of this game. Have Did you either of you play Paper Toss? Nope. That doesn't sound familiar. Okay. It's a genre. Paper Toss is a genre of early iPhone games. Like iPhone... Well, not just iPhone, but I guess early games in general. And iPhone games tended to be more popular at that point. Um where literally you had a crumpled up piece of paper and you had to toss it using a swipe motion on your phone, just swipe up your phone. And the hard, the longer you swiped or the shorter you swiped, the further or shorter it went, right? And the paper would get blown by fans or you'd have to curve it around objects by kind of spinning it or, you know, use your finger to throw the paper into the wastebasket and then uh, get through obstacles, right? Sure. They took this idea and said, what if this was fun instead? <laughs> uh, you you play golf, kind of. There, there is an object that is akin to a golf ball, and there is some kind of area akin to a pin that you need to get the golf ball to, but every single level, it changes. And the jokes are basically... The game is basically for jokes, right? Like, here's an example. The first pin of the game, you put the ball into the hole. And then the next... Uh, the, that's the first pin. But you have to go around a cat to do it. To get it in the hole. It's not very complicated. You just put it in twice or whatever. The next hole... You have to put the cat into the pin to win the game. The next hole, you have to put your putter into the cat into the pin to win the game. You can kind of see where this is going. It Yes. Yes. I, I want to point out that this game is on Steam and it is is $20. Okay. You could play it on Apple Arcade for free. <laughs> yes. That was going to be my other thing. Uh, Although, I don't know, maybe do they not have the level editor on the uh, They do not have a level editor that I saw. I have not gotten super far. I'm probably like 15 pins into the game. Because what I'm doing is there's uh, you can three-star every single level. So, like, the first time you do the level, uh, it's like put this ball into the hole. Okay, the second time you do the level, it's the same layout. But now you need to knock over three cats before you put the ball into the hole. And then the fourth one is like put this around the hole three times and then you know this is harder and harder par basically and and then they eventually give you a par on the last one you have to do it in like one shot it's it's very interesting i mean it's just a golf game but uh it was mediocre at first until i busted back out the controller okay okay guys phone games are made for controllers it was really fun i was like this is fine i'm not gonna play that much apple arcade if all the games are like this but uh being able to aim the ball with a controller stick and it being extremely responsive and then also uh you have to like charge up the shot right so like there's a level where to get the ball across to the pin you have to keep like maneuvering the ball back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in like a zigzag pattern before it falls off the level. Doing that with my finger would have driven me insane because I couldn't have seen the ball. But doing it with my phone and my controller, it was easy. So um, Apple Arcade, interesting. What the golf, great. I don't know if it's $20, great. Maybe wait if it's on Steam and you're interested in trying it. I uh, there's one other Apple Arcade game, and it sounds like maybe you didn't play it, but Not yet, there was probably. 
there was one that came out very early on in Apple Arcade that a lot of people I heard liked called Grindstone. Okay, I'll grab that. I saw that on the list. Yeah, I, I would. I obviously have not played it because I have no Apple sure. Arcade, and that one, as far as I know, has not come to other platforms yet. I've got downloaded to try next Game of Thrones: The Tale of Crows, which seems some sort of, like some sort of strategy game, and Guildlings, which I don't know much about. Uh, those will be the next two ones I try, and I will look right now for the one you just mentioned. Oh, and uh, Donut County I downloaded too. Yeah, Donut County I've yeah. also heard a lot of good things about. So that yeah. one I know is on other platforms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a, a lot of these games have been out a while, but it's just yeah, yeah, totally. You know, the Apple Arcade gives you access to them and stuff like that. So you know, while I have the three months, I'm going to try out some games on there, see how it goes. Definitely, in most cases, uh, if it can be played on controller, I'm going to just do it. Uh, it's already paired. I might as well. Uh, yeah. made what the golf like really enjoyable <laughs> so yeah yeah that was we fun here at we were gamers support people playing games for cheap and or free when allowed when allowed uh speaking of storefronts though apple arcade being in the app store sony has mm. announced that the ps3 vita and psp storefronts will all die this is the death part of the podcast uh, okay yeah this is part one of the death part of the podcast die yeah uh I, in this year it well so this announcement came via a leak to be clear right sony hasn't announced this yet oh thank you for clarifying i thought it was an announcement i just saw it cross my feed and was like oh wow they but wow. the source seems to be quite reputable and people uh, that this would be a thing that if you announce it and you weren't going to do it, right? You come out immediately and be like, that's not true at all. Uh-huh. And they haven't done that. So, yeah. This is kind of a bummer for a number of reasons. Like, it, of course, you know, how many people are buying PSP games or PS Vita games or PS3 games on the PS3 store these days, right? Not many. I'm sure it's not many. But it's also probably not zero, no, but how many people have a PS Vita that died last year and were thinking about replacing it this year and now need to get their PS Vita and re-download all their games real quick? Yeah, so that's the real thing. Well, so the I think the they're taking down the ability to buy the games. I don't know that they're taking down the ability to re-download games you have bought. This would be the reason to have an announcement, right? Right, that would be something they would want to clarify in an announcement type thing. <laughs> uh, because, uh, like, totally you're right that if they take down the ability to download games you've already bought, like, I have a bunch of digital PS3 games that I then lose access to. I need to go um, download... A number of PS1 games I've bought on my Vita. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know about PS... I have no I PSP, I have but there's PSP definitely stuff. a lot of Vita games, especially, I mean, there's things like Patapon, which will never exist again, because it was, like, really made just for the Vita, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I have, I think I even have an unopened copy of the Metal Gear Solid collection for PS3. I need to, like, go in there now and download that code so that it makes sure I have it, because there's some of, some of the games are on a code. I don't know, this is... This is the big fear with digital games, right? Like Nintendo has shut down one or two stores. Um, the Wii store, I think, has been shut down, and yep, uh, it's gone. The and 3DS store, 3DS I think, just recently. Store, yeah. Um, but those, I don't know. They didn't have as much fanfare. Is it? I think. I think the. I think this is the first time, right? So turning off the PS3 store would be a big deal, right? Because the PS3 was like a big mainline console. The biggest at the time, right? Uh, mm, no, 360 outsold 360 it. 360 outsold it? Okay. Maybe they closed up by the end. I'm not sure. But for a long time, right, the PS3 was, you know, it was a main brand console. If not, you know, the number one, it was it was up there. And if they, you know, turning off that store... Which I suspect is probably because that store is somehow linked to the PSP and or Vita store, right? They're not just like turning because obviously it makes perfect sense to turn off the PSP store. It's shocking that you could still get on, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with what PSP, PSP has been, right? Right, like PSP has been not a going concern for a very long time. But I assume that they're probably turning these off because they're all interlinked somehow, right? 
But I think and I think this is kind of the the this is the beginning of the wave of mm-hmm. concern, right? Like there was no concern when the 360 era ended because they told you that the next era that you were going to be able to download some of those games again. And then they did it again. Like you can download a lot of those games again through the new stores. Um, Sony not having announced anything here gives, it gives a lot of people pause because it's just like, they're shutting it down. There's no news. Well, and a lot of those games that you could get through the PS three store are not playable on PS four. Right. right. Yeah. Cause they're PS a large games. number. Yeah. Oh, oh no, because they're PS3 games. That too. Like yeah. you can't play a lot of PS3 games on PS4 or PS5. Like it's just not available. Like there are tons of big Sony releases on those on that platform that just aren't available to play anywhere else. Yeah. And yeah, maybe some of them get remastered or something and come out in 4 years or whatever. But like not all of them, right? Certainly not all of them. And so now just like some digital games you know, maybe smaller titles and stuff like that are just never available for sale ever again. They're just gone. Unless they get remastered for a new console, right? Which is... Yeah. You but like wonder, if like, okay, if the Vita... Came out... If, if you were Nintendo, you'd think, okay, well, they may re-release this. But the Vita doesn't have a partner in the future, right? It's that Sony's right. never doing a handheld again. Yeah. And so things like Gravity Rush are going to be gone. Or um, what was the other one that like really relied heavily on the touchscreen on the back? Yeah, there were a couple. Tearaway, I think. Tearaway, yeah, Tearaway. And you know, like those games are never being replaced. Absolutely not. They're just gone. You know, I. It makes me sadder and more. And this is a tough one because I think Michael called me out the other week and said like, wondering why I evangelize Game Pass so much when I also say, I've got most of my games for the Switch on cartridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think the difference is that Game Pass never promises you that you get to keep the game. And especially because Game Pass doesn't say, hey, congratulations, you have a piece of $200 piece of dead hardware now. I mean, I don't think that that's true, right? The turning off the store doesn't mean you can't still play your PS3 games you have on disc. That still works. Right. True. And if, and again, it's a big if because we do not know, but if they shut the store down and then still allow you to download games you have already purchased, that would alleviate a lot of concerns, right? Like if you can still patch games, you can still download versions of games that you own. I think I personally would be a lot less concerned about this. It's it just like if it's, the most... if it's literally just turning off the ability to put money in the wallet and purchase stuff. Sure. Who cares? It would be the or, most well, not who cares, but you know, it's small. version of this. Right. But we have no idea if that's what they're doing or not. And that's the worrisome part. Yeah. But I think this is a good example of if you can just buy it. Like if you really care and they offer a physical version, which I think our examples with the Vita are strong examples of things that were never physical. There's no, I'm pretty sure there's no Gravity Rush cartridge anywhere that exists, or Tearaway cartridge that exists, or Pat. I don't think there's yeah. a Patapon cartridge either. Um, a lot of those games were digital only, for yeah. sure. And that was their that was their first foray, and I mean they really were the first to be like, "Hey, this digital this digital thing is going to be big, so let's try and make this handheld a digital thing." You buy our memory cards, and you you download the games, and yes, buy I mean, our the- memory cards. By the way. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely, I mean, there was a PSP that they sold that had no disk drive. So it was a straight up, like like only online PSP. That was even then. I I think, I think that reminds me why sometimes I definitely err on the side of, well, if I think that I'm going to want to keep this, I'll buy the cartridge version. But also why I like a thing like Game Pass where you don't ever feel like you're going to own it, you know? And uh, that's okay, because I think a lot of the things on Game Pass, like I made the mistake of buying Squadrons when it was on sale, Star Wars Squadrons, and now that game is included in EA Play, which is part of Game Pass. Um, and I know I'm not going to play that game in 10 years, if I even can, because the servers will probably get shut down by then. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that's like an <laughs> online. Right. And so that's the perfect example. Game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the perfect example of a Game Pass game to me. Or a bunch of mid-tier or indie games that I want to try. People talk about how hard Celeste is. Well, I want to try it. Well, it's on Game Pass. Okay. You know. Or I don't have any interest in playing a game, but my friends play it and they want me to try it. So I'll try that out too. You should play Celeste, Andrew. I think you'll like that game. I, I may like it. You know, I'm not saying I won't. I just, uh, it's a good opportunity. That thing's a good opportunity for a lot of people. It's, much, much better value it, than Apple Arcade. It is hard, but it has a good ramp. And I think you will not have an issue. Yeah. Uh, it's not the only death and digital storefront and video game related story we have to talk about. The end of this month is being called Mario Death. It is? Yeah. All of those games that they released for Mario 35th Anniversary are going away. Oh, right. I forgot they were doing that. Yeah. So dumb. At the end of this month. Yeah. Back, back into the... They took a page out of the, the Disney book. The and Disney it. vault. Yep. I thought... I thought for the life of me that they would get to this point and be like, well, this was not a good idea. Yeah, we're going to take down that Mario 35 game because we don't want to keep the servers running for it or whatever. And much like we thought, there's no player base left. But, like, not leaving the All-Stars game up there. Why? What's the point? I I assume to generate more sales up front. But I it didn't work. I have the, like, faint desire to play some of those games someday. Not Sunshine, the other ones. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not buying that for $60. Are you crazy? Get out of here. That game's not worth that. <laughs> I will be curious, though, if they put all of those games up individually for like $25 each after this, right? That's a good question. Are those the only two things disappearing? That collection and Mario 35? Do you remember, Michael? Um... I don't. I don't remember anything else. Okay. Those were the big ones, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well. Hooray. <sighs> Have we also yeah. reached the death of esports, JJ? Uh I'm unclear. So I assume you're talking about PlayStation buying Evo. I'm talking about a lot of esports, and then I have another comment about. Well, you, you know what? PlayStation buying Evo. Yes, that's part one. Part two, Blizz laid off their entire esports staff. Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. Uh, you know, Not I, a good week. You got to assume that Overwatch League isn't doing it for them, right? That must be what this means. You know, I was thinking about it for a second because... I keep tabs on it. I don't really watch it anymore. And I think that's the problem. I think it's become kind of the Call of Duty scene. People have their teams they like and they keep tabs on them. But uh, before the pandemic, they had shut down their studio in Burbank. Mm -hmm. And decided that that teams would have to go on the road to play their games in person in smaller arenas or venues in hometowns, quote unquote. Well, the London players didn't play in London. They played in Los Angeles. The two, one of the two Texas teams played in Los Angeles. Some of the Canadian teams, I think played in New York. I don't think the New York team played in New York. So, I mean, in terms of their um, their gamer houses or whatever they had. So that created a mess. And then they were kind of like, well, this isn't exactly working. So maybe we'll go to like a half online, half in-person scenario. And in the middle of that, then COVID hit and the whole thing shut down and went online after taking a break. And I think that was murder she wrote right there. Um, you you got to assume they looked at the numbers and were like, what if we just never did the in-person stuff again? Could we save a lot more money than we we make? There, someone like ran the, did the spreadsheet and was like, oh yeah, wow, hmm. Yeah, but they this, also this esports offering, stuff isn't getting the returns, you know. They also stopped offering a lot of the digital benefits too, and they kept bouncing around who was hosting it. So it was like one season they were on Twitch, the next season they were on YouTube, 
The next season they were back on Twitch. Then it was like split up. And it was like, I I just can't keep track of this or watch any of these games anymore. I'm sorry. Just tell me how the uh, London team is doing later. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, but like you, you're describing exactly what I'm saying. They're out there looking for people to pay them for their content, right? Yeah, yeah, and no one, yeah. because people aren't watching it. They're not earning sales of, like, who's buying Overwatch because of Overwatch League? Everyone and their mom owns Overwatch at this point that's going to own it, right? Like, the game's been out for five years or whatever. They're not yeah. driving and new Overwatch somehow sales. they managed to not hit with an Overwatch 2. And so uh, they laid off most of their esports staff. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, uh... Yeah, and now Evo's in trouble, or was in trouble oh, enough to have been purchased by Sony. I mean, I I think someone buying Evo was probably going to happen at some point or another. It eventually was going to be big enough that it would be worth someone's time. It's weird that Sony bought them, though. Like, why why would they do that? I very confusing. Yeah, and it creates interesting like potential for conflict with games like Smash. So the Smash is not one of the really a people, concern. I mean, it is certainly right. Like they're huge Smash tournaments at Evo every year. Wasn't uh, isn't Evo didn't the one? It headli- didn't it just headline? It was Hold uh, two years ago when they last had one. I think it was the yeah. most entered tournament. So right? Smash doesn't go every year because Nintendo is notorious for being like, "Nah, no Smash this year." And then the next year they'll be like, "All right, fine, one tournament." And then they'll try again. No, no Smash. No, nah, we're not going to let you run Smash. That that has happened multiple times on this. For to Evo. Uh, I mean, they have played Smash Ultimate every year since its release. What right? is the what? Who am I thinking Evo. of that has had Smash? Well, you might be, you're talking about Melee. Yeah, I mean, you might be thinking of the controversy with them playing an un, like an unlicensed version, essentially of Smash. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Nintendo does not want melee tournaments out there, and they definitely don't want people modding whatever version of Brawl to fix all the problems and doing weird... They definitely don't want any of that stuff being played in tournaments, right? I recently switched my main from Marth to Lucina. She's pretty good. She doesn't have a... I don't know if you know what a sour spot is, JJ, Michael. But, like... Imagine you're punching straight forward, right? Well, like in a video game, your hand on top and on bottom of it would also be part of the hitbox, right? Like it wouldn't, sure. it wouldn't, in most games, it's not exactly the pixels of your hand. The box is generally drawn around the hand yeah. so that it, the hand is encompassed. Yeah. So there's also ways that the smash moves work in that game where like, Inside of that box, they draw different areas for more and less damage. And so, mm-hmm. like, Marth is a more precise character. Lucina and Marth are basically, like, foils of each other. But uh, Marth apparently has a lot of, quote-unquote, sour spots, where if you accidentally, like, hit the wrong area of the... You know, like, the tip of his sword does crazy amounts of damage, but a third of the way down the sword doesn't do much until you get to the base, and then it does a good amount of damage again. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there are some yeah. fighting games that have moves like this where, like, oh, they do more if you're a certain distance away yeah. or if you're within a certain range or whatever, you get, like, less hits or whatever. Turns out but... if you just trade off a little bit of damage and it's in the high spots, uh, you get a character like Lucina who just does damage equally in all <laughs> areas that connect with the thing. And all of a sudden, I'm a lot better at the game. I've been cool. playing a lot of Smash is what I'm saying. Back to Evo. Oh, I mean, I'm saying that, you know, and Michael is correct that the... Nintendo's the problem is what Michael was saying. Well, but also, like, if Sony owns this now, does Sony want Nintendo games there at all? Currently, the word that I've seen from people that are involved in this deal is, of course, all games are still welcome. But they haven't even finalized the deal yet, man. Like, the ink is barely dry on the contract, you know? Who knows what happens in two years when, you know, PlayStation has some new fighting game out and Nintendo wants to do Smash Ultimate 3 or whatever. And Sony could just be like, hmm, what if we don't do that? Yeah. So we'll see. You know, it would be nice if uh, they let the people that, you know, whoever wants to have a tournament still run a tournament or whatever games have scenes still get to run their tournaments. Right. 
like how is play, does PlayStation want them running like tournaments for Marvel Two on Dreamcast or whatever? If people want to do that, like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I see it going. It's hard to know. It, that's why it seems weird to me because there's no like obvious like value they're getting there other than putting the PlayStation logo all over the thing, which I feel like already happens. Well, any more comments on Evo? Before nah. we move on, we got to hit the last big death of the week. We got we got in our in our death conversation, we got Let's see. Sony, Nintendo, Sony. I think we squeezed Xbox in there somehow. Mario. How about we just talk about the death of Blazeball? Is it really the death of Blazeball, though? <laughs> it's Michael. Yeah, I like. That's what well, I want to know. <laughs> I like that Michael was the first one to chime him in because he's probably excited. He's like, is it really the death? <laughs> is it the death for real? Please. I know. I, 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 Poor Michael. Andy, you and I, you and I need to start a separate baseball chat because I think I'm bothering Michael with too much. Too many I, goings on. I am I am intrigued by all of the the just like totally random things that you guys put into the chat about what's going on though. Well, okay, before we get to the death of baseball, uh you should tell him how the trades worked out there, JJ. <laughs> Cuz he will his eyes are going to glaze over. Oh, so I saw JJ, I saw your recap on what the trade sequence, the ideal trade sequence would be for the Tigers to get their their player back. Yes. So the the tiger. So the way the trade in baseball works is you have to use you exchange. Have, yeah, the, and the exchange uh, will, which is what the lets you target a player in the opposite sub league from you. So it, so like there's the mild and the wild uh, leagues, right? And then there's mild high, mild low, or wait. Am I doing it right? Wild high, mild high, wild low, mild low. Right. So it's divided by wild and mild and then high and low, right? Yeah. You can target the other side from you. So like wild high can go to mild high and create changes from rosters there, but not within your own um, your own division, right? So a, a beloved pitcher from the Tigers team was feedbacked onto another roster uh not the, in the it, not in the group that we had right in our division in and our you division. can't tra- and, and you can't trade in inside your division right you have to trade okay. with the uh, the opposite league's division sure but the way the results work for the elections is that the trades occur sequentially in in like various orders based on like final standing and stuff so the people that finish first, their trades execute first. And then if you have a trade that targets a player who is now on a new team, it still goes through and trades with that new team for that player. So, so we, we basically we won set, our division. Yeah, so we had our trade was going to execute first in comparison with a lot of the with the other team that had the player we wanted. So our team worked out a deal with that team through Discord. That boat through Discord. <laughs> that both of us would try to trade for a, the same player on another team's roster because the we wanted our they wanted their feedback player back just like we did and okay and so the way this would work out is the player that we got would end up back on the team that he started from many seasons ago in the other division across the way right the mild high we would end up back with our person and the team that we made a deal with would get the good person that we're stealing from the division across. <laughs> so it, it's like we trade for that person, like the good person in the division across from us. They then trade us our pitcher for the one that we stole. Right. And so like then that, that, that allows you to do the intra division trade that wouldn't normally be possible because you know, the, because of the order of the execution. Right. So that did work out, but man, it is a like really convoluted way of getting anything to happen in baseball. Um, but kind of cool that they allow stuff like that to happen. It was kind of crazy though because you can't tell if it worked 
because you have to go through the entire feed of everything that happened. Yeah. So it's like you can see what hap- what the tigers uh trades were, right? Or, or what tiger what the tigers cho- chose. But then you don't know what the final results are until you scroll down to what the other team did, which is like many 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 teams down because they did not finish very well. Yeah. And we also got a bunch of uh bonuses and stuff. So it worked out. It was a good election. Yeah. We were able to infuse the worst pitcher on our rotation, which we've been trying to do for two elections, I feel like. Awesome. Um, so he'll have more stars next time we play. Um, yeah, but uh, after this season, it seems they are taking a two-week break. I need to know if they said why, because this three weeks on, two weeks off, three weeks on, two weeks off, I don't know how long people are going to pay attention. I mean, a lot of people anticipated and were happy to have taken a huge break and then come back, I think, it seemed like, in the Discord that a break was wanted and needed and created a whole new thing. But they implied that when they came back from this, they were going to be ready with like a huge thing. And then uh, three weeks was all we got out of it. And now we got to take a two week break. I mean, they also said when they were coming back, they would be doing some number of weeks on and then some weeks off. So I, I don't think anyone was completely unprepared for them to say we're taking some time off either. I might switch my stuff over to being the uh, when you don't check into the game money. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that accrues during when the break. they're not during the off season. Yeah, That'd as they're calling it now. Yeah, I don't know. I hope that it keeps the play. They keep their player base up a little bit. You know, it seemed like they were getting a little bit of sponsorship from the from the deal. Hopefully yeah, hopefully to pay for the servers and, and their time or something. I don't know. I don't know. Are we ready to enter the last segment of the death podcast? Okay. Michael. I have donned all black. Continue. How many times have you died in loop hero? Um, less than 10 because I don't have that achievement yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you liking the game? Uh, yes, I am liking the game. It's a, uh... It's a great, it's not, you know, JJ's right that it totally defies any attempt to put it into a single category, but it's a good game when you have just a little bit of time. You can grind a couple of loops, and even if you don't make it to the boss of the loop, you can retreat and uh, and build up your, your inventory of loot to help build your village out. Sounds like they're going to try and add uh, saving to the game so you can save mid-loop. I think that it already does that. I have not tested it. I have wondered about that, but I haven't actually quit in the middle of a loop without retreating to uh, to my village to test it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I was keep... going to say I I can open the game up right now and see if that works. Okay, <laughs> I quit in the sure. middle of a loop, but it's going to play noise on my recording. So oh, well, I'm recording. That's okay. Well, um, ha- have you taken the all the obtuse tool, tool tips and hidden rules and quite understood them yet in your nine deaths. So I've looked, I have looked a little bit ahead at certain things, but I've tried not to look up too much because it is kind of fun to, to discover new interactions as you go along, but a little more help in terms of how certain cards interact with each other after you find you found them would be nice so um uh what's the one that i that i just found um the blood grove card mm-hmm. um if you d- so you andy you put a grove card down and then next to it you can put down a blood grove and the blood grove will consume enemies that have under a certain percentage hp um, but one thing that you but there's always you have a downside, sort of, right? Uh, yes, if your if your HP is under the threshold, it'll trap you for your first turn. Oh, okay, got it. Um, but it turns out if you destroy the grove that you put down first, the blood grove will transform into a hungry grove, and the that percentage threshold increases, so you don't have to deal as much damage before it consumes your enemy. Huh. But there's nothing, that, there's nothing that tells you that. Right. It's all just trying Oblivion cards on everything, huh? 
uh, the Hunger Grove also sometimes attacks you. Yes, yeah, so there is added drawback. Uh, Andy is also correct. It does not save your progress mid-loop, so I want them to add that. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> they they said that uh, that was, like, number one on their list because everyone's like, please, I want to save my loop. <laughs> there is some stuff. So uh, finding those combinations, I think, is really obtuse, and there are definitely some of them, Michael, which I don't know why you would ever try to do this because it seems actively bad compared with some of the stuff that you would do normally that you just think about, right? Like some, I don't know how many of the camp buildings you've unlocked yet. A fair number. Okay. So there are some of the later ones, uh, unlock cards like the forest and the river. Yes. I haven't quite gotten that far. So I mean, I can tell you what the base cards do. Uh, the, the forest gives you cards that increase your attack speed for every right. one you place. Yep. And the river, will double any tile that's next to it. Whatever it does, it just doubles it. Okay. So attack speed doubled, HP doubled, HP per day doubled. Uh, whatever other weird tiles you can find, it doubles them, right? Sure. So like you can think of a lot of really easy things to do with something that does that doubles it, right? Like I'm just going to make to a village. There's a lot of weird restrictions with how the river works, which I'll let you f- you figure out. But like, okay. you can. But like, it's like I'm going to encircle the best thing with the river to double it as many times as I can, right? Like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's like make a weird pattern so that my river flows along and doubles up like as many thing of the good things and none of the bad things, right? That seems easy to do. The river also, if you touch it to other various tiles in weird ways produces tiles that you will never see. I I haven't figured out how to even spawn some of these tiles that I know are there, but I don't know, like, how do I get the river to touch them to make that happen? Sure. Yeah. I, the one that I did see in a stream was the Oasis. Yeah. So I haven't tried that one yet. That one makes a little bit of sense. I mean, maybe you try putting a desert next to a river, but I don't know, like the build that I've done, with the deserts, have you used the desert much? I unlocked the card, but I haven't tried it yet. So the desert gives a flat decrease to health for both you and the enemies. Right, which is part of the reason why I was leery about trying it. Percentage-based. Yes. So that affects, you know, like your total health, the health you gain, you know, by... uh you know, items that increase your max health and all that stuff, all that stuff is decreased. It doesn't affect, though, certain kinds of health that you gain. Uh, like, at, um, have you used the Necromancer class yet? Yes. So, you know, the Necromancer has like the little amulet uh-huh. that gives you like magic HP or whatever? Yeah, you have a, a magic shield that absorbs damage before you take actual HP damage. That magic shield is not affected by the desert. Okay. It is also possible via some other cards for the rogue to get access to that amulet slot. Uh, And then that's very good on the rogue as well for the same reason, right? Using the deserts. Everyone has lowered HP, but your magic HP stays the same even if your total overall health goes down, right? Having, Having 100 magic HP or whatever, which is like not a huge amount, matters a lot when your total HP is like 200 let me plus guess. the extra 100. Let me guess, though, there's an enemy or two that can go straight through that magic HP. Uh, I haven't seen one yet, but it, yeah, it, it seems would like something s- the game would do. It makes sense that that exists. I would totally believe <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I... can, can you, one of you, explain to me what what is the benefit or detriment or what of placing stuff off to the sides? See, I, I kind of get from like TD training, uh, tower defense training, like, okay, you put stuff along the track and the stuff on or along the track benefits you because you put it on or along. But I don't understand when I watch the people on streams and they don't really explain because they're just playing it. Uh, They're just like hucking meadows out into the void like every few seconds. Yeah. uh, JJ, do you want to start that by talking about the treasury? Uh, sure. Like a good place to start. I think. I think the best place to start, though, is that some cards can't be placed next to the road or on the road. They just don't yeah. allow it, yeah. right? Oh, interesting. Like explicitly, 
you can't like it won't let you place them and those would be things like meadows like meadows rain cards yeah meadows mountains okay forests rivers but there are some of these cards like michael's talking about the treasury which the treasury when you place it doesn't really do anything by itself but when you place terrain cards like these meadows and mountains and and forests and what deserts whatever have you next to the um treasury you get resources like just replacing it. Normally your hero has to like walk over squares on the road or fight monsters or whatever to get resources. This one you just get by placing the tile down. Uh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. And it works like, um, uh, what's the card Andy in the tile in Carcassonne? The ch- is it the church that you have to surround? Yeah. Yeah. Abbey, I think the Abbey, the treasury yes. in, in loop hero works exactly the same way. Yep. Once you surround it, you get a, a huge drop of resources oh, okay. like all into your inventory. Can you, uh, can you oblivion and then redo and then oblivion and redo? So you can, no. you can oblivion it. And there is some value to that because once it's been emptied, it spawns a gargoyle of every couple of turns, but there is a requirement on the treasury that says that you have to place it into a space where it doesn't touch any other tile, oh, so any you, other occupied tile. So you have to drop it into empty space. And if you t- took away one of the tiles around it, it doesn't reset it. You can't like take away a tile. It needs to be completely it. empty. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the thing you are talking about, Michael, have you spawned the peak? Yes. And you can obliviate and rebuild the peak. And you need one rock. <laughs> oblivion, one rock. Oblivion, one rock. <laughs> oblivion, one rock. You can do that. You you don't even have to do it that way. If you set up rows, if you create the peak and then set up rows beneath it, you can destroy a block in the top row and the programming will automatically count the squares below it and see, oh, I have nine squares filled in. There should be a peak right here. And it'll just walk the peak down the the rows that you've created. Oh, my God. Really? I've never tried it that way. That sounds yeah. amazing. You just farm a ton of that resource, right? Whatever yeah. it is. So you basically create the peak and then create rows underneath it. And then once you've got enough, just oblivion your way down from the top. Uh, infinite peak. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then you can start putting the rows back together and make more yeah, as they go yeah. back up. Start at the top. Yeah. Uh, that's a great idea when I need to farm that resource again. I should try it. Uh, but I will tell you, as the game goes on, I am feeling like I need to start grinding some of these things. What What's the benefit? Like, it, do you really get that much benefit from your camp? In some uh, cases. So I can give you an example of, of one where I have felt the, the lack of it is that uh, I unlocked the Necromancer class, but I don't have access to forest cards yet, which give you that attack speed. And I felt like I got overwhelmed by being too slow. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know that I know that to make the Necromancer better, at least in the way that I was playing the class, I need to be able to attack faster. And there's no good attack speed gain that you get from equipables for the Necromancer. So I would need that card, and I only get that card by building out more of my village until I can access the building that gives me the card. There are also upgrades to the various buildings, which cost large amounts of resources and in some cases provide pretty tangible benefits. Yeah. Uh, one, of the up, the, one of the buildings allows you to start with a set of equipment, but that equipment only works for one class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you start as the rogue... The equipment is for the warrior, and two of the items are useless. Oh, no. Uh, If you start as the necromancer, all of them are useless? Yes. So if you upgrade that building, it gives you a starting set of items that work for the class you pick. Oh. So that seems like one where, like, oh, like, as soon as I built that building, I was like, heck, yeah, I'm going to go in my rogue and see how this works. And then, oh, no, I have garbage. Like, this sucks. Um, You quickly get new gear. It's not, you know, you can play the game with no gear at all, right? Yeah. But you, it, you very quickly come to rely on that gear, so you want it. Are right? you? And it, yeah. Are you? Are you able to like level up your different classes to do different things, or like be stronger separately, or is it all like a, a central level up? Like your main character, no matter which class you choose before each game, has a these expanded stats or or whatever. 
So I'm not sure. So at least in terms of the classes, they don't. Every time you start over and you complete your session, right? However many loops you've done, you beat the boss or not, whatever. You die, you don't, or you retreat. When you come back, you start over again at level one, loop one. You don't, like your hero has the same base stats every time. Unless you have buildings in the camp or items or things from the camp that affect those base stats. Right. And there are there are equipables that are outside of the loop. Um, that carry into that carry across all your classes okay. and you carry the stat upgrades with you into into a run okay so like you know this chair gives you plus one defense or this candlestick gives you more damage to ghosts or you deal damage to vampires or whatever there's a whole like you know there's a a crazy amount of items in this game for what i can tell yeah but then, you know, you only have so many slots you can put items in until you build more buildings that hold more slots, right? And so then it's a whole, you know, that's just another layer of thing that you can upgrade to try and um, work with. Wonderful. Well, I'm I'm pretty close to pulling the trigger, hoping I can hold out till the uh, We Were Gamers recommended uh, buy it on sale, but I doubt I will. This game will go on sale eventually, I'm sure, but it is very fun. And it is nice that, like, as Michael said, you can kind of just do a few loops and feel like you got something and then bounce out. You know, because in some cases, I feel like you have to do quite a lot of loops to be able to fight the bosses. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you're looking for rarer resources, too, it's going to take you a little more time for doing the setups. And, you know, there are people that are crazy out there on the internet. If you look stuff up, they give you all kinds of cool card combinations and, like, here's how you should lay out your map to do infinite loops and stuff like this. I feel this. like and it's kind of one of those Minecraft-type games where most of it, you know, at least initially, now now all that stuff's built in. But, you know, when Minecraft came out, it was like, how do I make a workbench? I got to look this up on Reddit. Right. Yeah. there To a certain extent, I can imagine that you can mathcraft some of this. There, yeah. is, there is some randomness built in just because of the, you don't know what cards you're going to get or what loot's going to drop, but if you go on long enough, eventually you get enough of what you need, right? Right. Yeah, if you get, if you get the rogue and a good evasion build out, you can basically just go. That That has probably served me the best so far of the runs that I have made. There eventually are going to be let's see, what's the enemy like... that don't miss? Or there are definitely going to be, uh, like, evasion is great and everything, but at some point you need to be able to attack fast enough to get through some defenses or things like that. I thought right? it was funny. Sure, sure, yeah. I thought it was funny learning about the uh, stamina bar Yeah, and how, like, so, attack speed doesn't always help you because you might wear yourself out. So you know what? It turns out uh, you still want the attack speed anyway. <laughs> yes. Even with the stamina system, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I had I made a build uh, at one point where I had over two hundred percent attack speed. It was awesome. <laughs> Even with the stamina system that you know you, you blow through all your stamina really quick, and then uh, you have to sit and wait while it builds back up. But then you blow through it again really quick while you annihilate the enemies. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I think it's just, I think that stamina system is there to prevent you just from annihilating literally everything. Instantly, <laughs> like, yeah. If you get on really hard enemies or the bosses, they, it's still, you still have to think a little bit about your character's other stats. You can't just win by attacking faster than they can do anything. <laughs> Balance, quote unquote. Yeah. The bosses are an interesting challenge so far. I have found them to be very difficult if you are not. It, I the first time you fight them, I have found them to be almost impossible. I'll say that. Huh. Yeah, so I've only done I've I've beaten the Lich, but I haven't moved on to chapter two yet. You should just start uh if nothing if for no other reason than uh you get better and more resources there. I I assumed that was the case. I was I was doing a little grinding first, but yeah, I will move on. It won't hurt you anything, if nothing else. Sure. And like, yeah, the, the enemies are a little harder, but you get more. Uh, the resources are more common to drop, and rarer ones are more common. So it's it's worth it to move up. 
Wonderful. I love it. I love finding a game that uh, we're all kind of like enamored with. It's, it's, it's not rare, I guess, on this podcast, but it definitely is rare that we all have time. You know? Yeah. And this is, this is a good one to fit in around stuff. Actually, the, you know what, the other quality of life that I would wish for other than being able to save in the middle of, of a loop is to be able to play this on a tablet. I'm sure I am absolutely sure you could play it on a tablet. Yeah. If you could like steam link it. That would oh be yeah. Cool. Dang it. I just but sold it, my it, steam link. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like the kind of thing that would lend itself really well to being on a tablet. It reminds yeah, me it, a lot of like uh like really good TD ta- tablet games like um Kingdom Rush, I think. Um Yeah, stuff like that. Cuz it has that base building aspect along with the like you, you know there's the building in the game aspect but then there's the building out of the game aspect, yeah. right? Mhm. It it is it is oddly compelling, and <laughs> it is nice that, like, you know, as Michael said, and I think you will appreciate, Andrew, you know, you just do a few loops, man. I just want to get in there. I just want to get, like, five loops. You oh, know, I, I don't know. want to fight the boss. I just want to get some lumber and get some stone and that uh-huh. freaking impossible to get crafting resource or whatever. Like, I like. Oh, yeah. I really like that addition to this type of game because the ability to just be like, you know what, if I just went in for five minutes tonight, I bet I could get enough crafting material to do this one thing. Versus like if I stare at FTL, I'll be like, ah, I don't, I can save it. I can absolutely save it in the middle. But there's no benefit to doing a run except to try to get to the end. You know, or try mm-hmm. to get an achievement. But yeah, yeah, right on. Uh, if you have loop hero tips for the dudes over here, where would you send them? Uh, you could send those to podcast at wewergamers.com and we would appreciate those tips because, uh, I feel like I need them. We are, we are still noobs as it were. Send it to loop hero noobs at wewergamers.com. <laughs> not, not a real address. Uh, but you can put Loop Hero Noobs in the subject. And oh, yeah, that it. works better. Do that. JJ's because definitely, definitely uh, I could use some tips. Uh, Act 3 is hard. So, uh, But we are also on social media. You can find us at WeWereGamers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we can find this podcast on wherever fine podcasts are distributed, such as Google and Apple and uh, Twitch or Stitcher. Spotify, YouTube. I don't know, other places. YouTube? Heck yeah, YouTube, you can find it there. And beautiful, lovingly crafted videos with awesome visualizers yeah. that you can enjoy welcome, on YouTube. Welcome to the rotation uh, Star Trek visualizer. When this podcast is out, you can find it. They're both coming out the same day because that's the way my schedule worked out this month. So enjoy. You get two, no, you get like three hours of podcast if you want it. I'm very excited for the Star Trek visualizer. Oh, man. (laughs) I had to think about it for a while. So good. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if you like it. I don't know. I also have to redo the artwork for the main pod. So maybe 252 is the time to do that. I don't know. I'm not going to commit like I did to the other one. Uh, Because time is short currently. We're coming up to a couple holidays here. Spring break for the kids. So it's tough. It's tough. But we're getting there. Good stuff. Oh, yeah, nice. I haven't used my standing desk in like a week. Uh, Ooh. It's all good. We have okay. a gigantic, I'll send it to the chat, pile of mulch in the front yard. And my life is going to be hell this week. Best of luck, friend. Yeah. I think, guys, I think I'm going to watch the Snyder Cut. I think I'm going to do you it. You please do it for take, me. Take one for the team. Do it for me so I don't have to. I'm I'm going to do it. It's a question of if I can convince her to do it with me or not. So Maybe. We'll see what happens. I mean. We might have to break it up over a few days. Like, that's going to be the way we do it. If you really. Four hours is too long. Yeah. I was like, I know you value your time. So. 
anyway, I'm just letting you know. I'm 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 thinking about it. We're gonna right. we'll see where we get. I might have to uh, ask Ken if he's available, so you guys can do that one. Because did he did he watch it? I assume he has. I have not checked in with him. I'll ask. All right. Well, let's don't don't check yet. Let's wait till I actually. Yeah, watch yeah of course. First. Of course. <laughs> I know he has HBO, so he probably has that sweet mulch. No, I remember every every other year for a good stretch when I was growing up, my my parents would get a, a truck full of mulch delivered, and we'd we'd all help mulch in the flower beds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole front yard needs it. It was five cubic yards. It smells a little bit okay. It smells like oh, that's stinky. But then you kind of smell it and you're like, it's not manure stinky. No, it's just kind of like deco- it's that decomposing earthy yeah, smell. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly exactly what you're talking about. 